Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hi, welcome to Bridge the Atlantic. We're your hosts, Marcia Navelli. And Ross Barber. Today on the show, we have singer-songwriter Andrew DeLeon. Hi, Andrew. Hello. So, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am good. We went through a little bit of uh, technical issues. Well, it didn't happen until you wanted to interview me, so it might be my fault. This is true. It's never the guest's Maybe. fault. It's <laughs> never the guest's fault. Okay. Unless, you're, unless right. your guest is Andrew DeLeon. So, right off the bat, uh, we'd like to ask three things about yourself that everyone should know. Hmm. Uh, three things about myself that everyone should know. Ooh, that's weird. <laughs> well, a fun fact that a lot of people don't know about me is that my first language was Spanish. Cool. And I, yeah, and I learned how to speak English. Uh, right. Yeah, in school. So a lot of people don't believe me because I don't have an accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's a fun fact. I guess uh, the other ones are pretty obvious, you know, that I love music and uh, I love taking care of my family. Oh, those are all really, those are awesome. And my dogs. You've been singing since you were a child? I mean, technically, but it wasn't like the way I sing now, at least. It was just whatever my dad was playing around the house. It was usually like rock or country music. Would you say you were exposed to kind of a very diverse uh, early influence of music? Oh, yeah. It was always like uh, Def Leppard and Pink Floyd. And uh, but he also listened to a lot of like Mexican music along with my mom. So there was lots of... uh, Styles, and then I was, you know, growing up in the '90s, listening to Britney Spears. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, so um, yeah, I was definitely exposed to all that. You're pretty much just someone who's saying in your bedroom, hidden, hidden talent. No one ever heard you until you uh, decided to go on America's Got Talent. Yeah, two what years ago. <laughs> it was two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, but what was that like? Well, I wouldn't even say that it was like me hiding my talent because I didn't call it a talent I just thought it was something I did for fun and uh, what eventually it started off as just being fun for, for myself and then it became somewhat of a growing passion and uh, it was but it was like really really secret because I thought it even uh, for myself to think it was ridiculous in my mind for a guy to sing that way so <laughs> but uh, I almost didn't go to that audition uh, because about a month before they, they were holding Disney auditions here in uh, Austin. And uh, I don't know what I was thinking. It was for like resorts and, and, and all that shit. So I said, whatever, I'll go. And I went. And as soon as we pulled up, I saw the line of kids. And I looked nothing like any of them. Like they all looked like early Justin Bieber, Hannah Montana shit. <laughs> And then I looked at myself and I was like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. So I didn't even get out of the car. And I had my mom drive me. And she was like, you're not even going to get out of the car. We drove all this way. And I was like, no, fuck this. And she was like, 
okay but you know anytime there's like another uh audition or whatever you need to be driven to i'm not taking you hmm. and i was like fine well a month later on tv i see you know this the infomercial for america's got talent says you know we're in austin and you know if you think you have what it takes come audition so i was like I was really thinking about it, and then I just asked her, and she said no, she wasn't going to take me. <laughs> and she, and then she, I was like, why? She's like, well, first of all, I don't even know what you're going to do, and <laughs> second of all, I told you the last time that I'm not taking you to any more auditions because you won't even get out of the car because you're such a chicken shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I threw the biggest bitch fit. Like we got home, and I like went. It was like typical angry teenager stuff. I went to my room, slammed the door. And my dad walked in and was like, uh, you know, why are you slamming doors? What's wrong? And I told him and he was just like, oh, well, I'll take you. And I was like, (laughs) I go, okay. (laughs) And that was it. I won. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I was so scared before I went, like I was texting all my friends and they were like, well, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm singing. And they were like, well, what are you singing? I said, that's the, that's the problem. I I don't really want to say because if I told people what I was going to do, I feel like they were already going to start judging and then I would have started doubting myself even more and then I wouldn't have gone in the first place, you know? Hmm. Uh, so I just kept it a secret and uh, people don't really believe me when I say that uh, nobody knew about it. You know what though? I like that you say that because I can relate to that. I find that, you know, as an artist, I mean, we're very sensitive <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. So I often do try to keep um, what I'm like, say if I'm working on something new and it's very fresh, I do keep that away from people usually because we're easy to doubt ourselves. I think, and I mean, uh, why not just kind of protect yourself from that, keep yourself away from it a little bit to keep yourself in a positive, you know, state, so that, like you said, you can do what you're doing without having anyone else's negativity go into your mind and kind of mess with that, you know, initial feeling of I'm just going to go for it. You know what I mean? Right. So that's really cool. Yeah, because it's something that it's something that actually it's what you do as an artist. You know, it means everything to you, and it's actually very easy to to uh, hurt an artist's feelings by saying you know that something that they created is shit or whatever they're doing. You know what I mean? It's something that I do take to heart, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so yeah, that's why I didn't tell anyone uh, because I had been doing it for years in my bedroom or just at, around the house when everybody was gone because I didn't have a job. I you know uh, I wasn't going to school. And my brother and sister were, and my parents had jobs, obviously. So I was at home a lot by myself. So that's really all I did was just sing every day. I'm pretty sure I probably annoyed the, the neighbors. So the neighbors <laughs> probably knew you sang, they but no one else did. knew. Well, you know, they probably thought I was watching the same movie every day. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's probably what it was, but... Uh, so what was yeah. it like when you initially went to audition and then everything that led up to actually being on the show? Yeah, right. There's, um, well, actually, that has a lot to do with why people don't believe that it was the first time. There's, people don't uh, understand that there is such thing as a producer's audition. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you do go to an audition, but it's very private. And uh, from there, they decide if they want you to go on the show. But of course, it's not like I'm going to go up and say... You know, uh, I've never sung in front of anyone minus the producer of this show. It's, yeah, they of don't, course. That was one thing. And then it's actually really interesting seeing, like, comments on these videos. I don't read them much because people can be really brutal online. Um, but I've YouTube's read some the of them. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, it's just, it's, you know, he's an actor. He doesn't really dress that way. And he's lying. And they probably <laughs> hired him to make the show better. Oh, you know, and it's... 
And it's crazy when you see stuff like that because I actually think I used to have that mentality when I would watch mm -hmm. these shows. And then I was, then I thought I was the only one that was not lying for a while. And I was like, wait a minute, now I get it. You know, this is, <laughs> when it's actually true, it, sometimes it seems too good to be true, but it actually mm -hmm. is true, you know? It must be a really weird kind of process, especially if you've not done anything like remotely on that scale before, like just kind of being thrown in. And then all of a sudden people know who you are and you've, you've just done this big thing. And it must be, is it, was it, was it difficult to like adjust when people started to know who you were? Like, what was the, what was that like? Well, I remember after I auditioned in front of the judges and, um, you know, they took me backstage and, and explained everything to me. And then, you know, it was all over and I walked out of the building and there were several people out there wanting pictures. And that had never happened to me before. And of course I was more than happy to, but you know, I kind of thought, Oh, okay. I can, you know, I can work with this. It wasn't until I got to Vegas, not Vegas. It was, uh, New York <clears throat> where it became a little bit overwhelming. And, and I had to question myself if I was ready for it because I had just performed that night on the wild card episode and uh, exiting the building, there were, I think, hundreds of people standing outside the building. They weren't allowed in, <clears throat> but the doors were all glass so they could see me coming and they started screaming and I didn't know what to do. I was so scared. So I just went outside and I think I stood there for about an hour or two just signing <laughs> shit and taking pictures. <laughs> That's awesome though. Yeah. And I was, I was more than happy to do it. You know, I was, uh, I was really, uh, I appreciate that kind of stuff, you know? Of course. And I walked to my hotel, which was right next door, and went up to my room, and for some reason, it was like, you ever heard of, like, vampirism? Where, like, where, like, your energy is, like, drained from you? Oh, right, right. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Like, I got to my room, and I felt physically drained, and it wasn't from the performance at all. It was from meeting, you know, fans. Right. Well, and, I, uh, I know people that have, that have had a similar kind of experience like when they've played a gig and, and it'll be every night on the tour, they maybe spend 45 minutes or so at the merch table signing stuff and meeting their fans. And yeah, afterwards, they're just completely drained. It's like there's all that adrenaline from playing the show uh, and that kind of fuels them. And then as soon as it's done, like you can see it in their face, it just they're done like for the yeah. whole day. Like that's it. They're and done. You're giving so much of yourself, right? And, right. you know, it, there's a there is a value in that. It's amazing. But, you know, you also I think that just needs to be balanced out with, I guess, me time, <laughs> you know, just that right. little bit of time, just kind of bring yourself to a um, like for me, I, 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 I do yoga. You know, what I mean, what did you do to bring yourself to uh, to ground yourself? Well, it, as bad as it probably will sound, uh, when it comes to stuff like that, the last thing I want to do is listen to music because I'm so involved, you know, that, uh, but that time there was actually a little bit of depression in there also, uh, because I didn't know where I, where I was like, you know, is this going to take off or is this, is this going to be something that just lasts a little while and then mm -hmm. it's gone and no one gives a shit who you are. Um, but if it does take off, you know, is this every day? Is that what it's going to be? And so I, I think I just went to bed. <laughs> I just went to bed and I'm one of those people that likes to like fill voids with uh, food. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I eat a lot more than people think I do. Uh, so that's pretty much what I did in the morning. The next day I didn't have to do anything. So I just went down to the lobby and bought a whole bunch of junk food and went upstairs, uh, stuffed my face. But that's another thing that was actually, um, that got to me a bit was the next day I didn't have to do anything until the night 
and it was after that performance it was like okay now that that performance is over it's on to the next one we have to start planning it you know so there's really no time to rest i just had one day you know mm-hmm and so it's weird that, because obviously with the way the shows are edited as viewers we probably don't think of it in that way we don't realize like what the schedule's like and and like it, i always hear people you know talking about these kind of shows and say oh it's a, it's like the easy route or, or whatever and it's i don't think it is like it's i think it's a lot more work than people realize uh-huh. so you can probably you i'm can gonna probably be honest say to say i i'm like i'm someone who thinks that you know what i mean i i'm i'm on the show right here i'm gonna tell you like i'm someone who thinks like it's the easy route or i've thought that way i mean you know and I mean, I guess the way I'm looking at it is it's just a different route and there's no yeah. really right route. I mean, any way you can get yourself out there, you know, and get some recognition for something that you're doing, it's silly not to, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, I'm not saying it's right for everybody. It's very true because I've seen the show before and, and you think they go audition and if they make it, you know, it's, it's all done, you know, and then you're famous and it just, it doesn't work that way. And it's what sucks about it. It's they're herding cattle in other words you know they start with all these talents and it they're all you know being shot off one by one you know until it's down to the favorites and if you're one of the favorites you get more attention from Mm -hmm. from the crew Mm -hmm. so i was one of those that got way more attention and i hate attention so you know when it's like constantly calling me and telling me okay you need to be here for this meeting and then you need to go here for rehearsals and then stage direction at this time and then then you get like a 30 minute lunch break and then you got to come back for this and this and this it's like fuck my life you know so um (laughs) but i couldn't complain because you know i i think i knew what i was getting myself into Mm -hmm. um but yeah, like you were saying, a lot of people think that it's the easy way. And um, I guess for some people it kind of is because, you know, mm-hmm. if you're uh, usually, even if you don't win uh, these competitions, you're still offered some type of deal. And um, it didn't work that way with me. I think after the show was over, I was pretty much disposable and they didn't really want to use me anymore or, or uh, you know, help me sign to something or something, you know, anything. Mm-hmm. So after that, I... I was knocked back down. Still had fans though that were very supportive, mm-hmm. and I had to uh, make a name for myself on my own by booking my own gigs and uh, traveling on my own to promote myself, pretty much. And uh, it took a while. It didn't happen overnight. It wasn't like, oh, you're on the show, and then bam, you have all this money. So you for you, it was almost like a jump start. It felt like it jump started you. It, you know, it got you some recognition. And like you said, you know, they're herd cattle and, you know, then the show's done and you're disposed of. But at the same time, there there seems to be people who really got what you were doing that stuck by you. Totally, yeah. Which really helped give a jump start, which is really cool. Yeah, they're really great. And it probably would have been more difficult for you to to find those people. You know, if you were doing everything by yourself, you didn't have um, America's Got Talent as a platform to kind of get into these people's TV screens and or, mm. or YouTube or however they, they saw you, it gave you a really good platform to to meet these people and to you know connect with with them right. new right. fans. Totally, yeah, and they're really great. And then there's you know there's the ones that uh, didn't stick around for the long run because there were the ones who really got me and mm-hmm. said 
you know, this taught them a valuable lesson, I suppose, of, you know, don't judge people by, based on their looks. And, you know, and then it doesn't really matter what we all look like. Um, we have the right to be individuals and it doesn't mean we can't be friends kind of thing. But then there are the other people that claim to love me and be my fans, but they just wish I would dress differently. <laughs> You know, and it's yeah, interesting. Doesn't, yeah, it doesn't sound like much support to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh, he's so great, and he's so talented. If only he got rid of the ridiculous contact lenses." And it's like, I don't even know you. Why am I going to take my shit off with you? Like, <laughs> thank you. Yes, exactly. I think the appeal is that you don't look like the typical opera singer. You know what I mean? I think that to talk about visual, I think that's I think that's one of the the reasons that you were a favorite on the show. That you were different. It gives people. You know, a feeling like, you know, you don't have to, you know, you don't need need to look just like everybody else to be on a show like that or to get, you know, fans and to, to grow a following. You know, I think that was part of the appeal. So, I mean, you know, I think there's always going to be people that want to change you, especially in the music industry. You know? Yeah, well, I would think that people would be over it by now. And then there was a point where I started getting really angry because I was still working on, on you know, uh, music and traveling and performing and for some reason, I thought at that point people would just be over the way I looked and they would just listen to the music, but they weren't. And I started lashing back at people, you know, and they were they were upset because I pretty much said, you know, if you don't like it, then fuck off, you know. <laughs> and, you know, then they were all offended and like, uh, you know, you're not supposed to talk like that. You know, you have fans and you're going to upset lots of people. And I was like, no, my fans know how I talk. Trust me. You know, and uh and if Again, you don't that's like part it. of the appeal that you're being yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's like I'm not going to kiss your ass because no. I was on America's Got Talent. Like that, they portrayed me, or that's that's the person I was at the time. I was very shy. I didn't speak my mind, and um, I just pretty much did whatever anyone told me to do. And, and now that I've seen the world, and, or lots of it, and met a lot of people. I've grown through my experience and, and, uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm a mean person. I'm not, I, I could be probably one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, but you know, if, if, if it's something so ignorant as the way I look is bothering you, then yeah, I'm going to tell you to fuck yourself. Like, That's I don't right, care. Man. No, it's, I think it's, it just seems like you come to your own, you've learned to be assertive. You know what I mean? And that, yeah. I think it's growing a little bit, you know, and, and also I think, like you said, dealing with that for so long, people not, you know, just focusing on the fact that you look a certain way. You know what I mean? And because you, you want to, I mean, whatever, yeah. you know, and, and, and especially, I think, especially if they're saying they like what you do, but they hate the way you look. <laughs> yeah. And then they always want to be like, they want to like overanalyze it and say, you know, is he dressing this way to hide his, his, his true self? Uh, that's- you know what I want to ask you though? Um, because uh, I, I would say out of all the judges that Sharon Osbourne seemed to really get you. And she seemed mm. to see. She seemed to be really uh, supportive of you. What's it like off the cameras? You know, um, is it just? Do you, one way yeah. Do you really on? get to see them very much? You know, when the cameras are off, or, or is it pretty much you're only with the judges and, and uh, when the cameras are on? You know, I've never actually got to meet them, and I never like I've never shaken their hands. I was never the only time that I was close to them was. Oh no, I was close to Sharon. Was when. Um, I first auditioned in Austin and when they pulled me backstage and then I was still back there after the show was over and I just saw her walk past me. She was really short and uh, it caught me off guard, but no, I never got to meet them. So I don't, I honestly don't know what it's like when the cameras are off. Although I have seen Nick Cannon when the cameras are off and he looks tired. (laughs) (laughs) 
He looks really tired. Cool guy, but I think he's over it. Would you say that um, after you're off the show, that the momentum slowly slowed down? You know, obviously from the huge crowds, or did was it just a sudden like switch to you know the the massive amounts of people that were supporting you to the true fans? I like to call it the people who really get you. And how was that switch? How was that transition? And, and how has it been? Well, fresh off the show, I was still writing on the coattails of that fame. You know what I mean? And um, so when I was traveling, I didn't really know how to cope with it, to be honest. And I'm so what I would do was uh, drink a lot of whiskey. So that's what I would do. Not anymore. Right. But at the time, I was like, I don't know how to deal with this. And, you know, so I just said, if I get drunk and then I'll get dressed and then go do a performance, you know what I mean? Because then I won't care. Mm -hmm. uh, now that's not the case, which is good. But okay. um, some people were still there and they said, you know, it, like I was saying, you know, that they can't wait for me to get rid of this look and to go on to something else. And that, I think that's what they were hoping. I think actually that's what they wanted was a before and after type of thing. Like this was what he used to be, but now he has confidence and he will no longer dress this way and he will be better. And I gave my middle finger to that idea. And I was like, you know, why would I want to do that? Like I, I, you know, the whole message was that I was, you know, uh, harassed because of the way I looked and uh, you know, this is just the way I look. And um, I think at some point last year, early last year, was when it it was a, a very quick switch, and uh, the real fans were there, and then the ones that just were not having it anymore, which they left, you know. So now I know who my real fans are, and they're really, really great, and a lot of them come to every show that I do, and um, they've they every single day keep track of what I'm doing so that they can have whatever next song is out or whatever it is that I'm doing. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's really great. That's, that's all that really matters. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so much more important to have, um, I don't want to say a smaller, I'm just saying relatively smaller group of fans that are really, really get what you're doing and are really supportive of you rather than a large, large amount. Yeah. Just don't quality, get quality, quality over quantity. quantity. Thanks for, uh -huh. thanks for simplifying that better. <laughs> you know, no <laughs> going problem. on, but you know, quality over quantity, <laughs> man. Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and they're great, and they and they they come from all different ages. You know, right. they are they are usually uh, thirteen year old kids who feel like outcasts in school, and they want it, they want that drive, you know, to, to to do something better for themselves and prove themselves right. You know that they don't have to dress or listen to the same music that other people listen to just to be normal. Being normal is boring, anyways. Well, what is um, normal, right? It's all relative, anyway. Yeah, I have no idea what normal even exactly. means. Like I, I've said it many times, I didn't know I was weird until someone told me I was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's that's great. So if there's anybody listening right now, you know, what advice would you give to them if they're contemplating whether or not to go on one of these shows and use them, you know, as a platform for themselves? What would you say? I'd say it's never easy. You know what I mean? It's 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 hard work trying to get where you want to get, and uh, a lot of doors will be slammed in your face. It happened to me lots of times before someone finally lets you in and then gives you a chance to do what you want to do. Um, but I'd say go for it uh, because, you know, as, as cliche as it sounds, you're, you'll never know unless you try, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And even if you do go and it doesn't work out the way that you wanted it to, 
at least you tried, and that is actually what matters the most, is that you tried. Well, for, so. for you, it seems like you didn't lose anything. If anything, you gained something. You know, first of all, you gained, you know, dedicated fans out of it, but besides that, you gained experience. It seems like you found, you know, learned a lot about yourself through the experience. So, you know, it, it does seem like overall, like, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like it was a positive experience on Absolutely. the whole. Absolutely, because, you know, it brought a lot of dark side uh, out, a lot of depression, and it was, because it, I was still in a, in a place where I was trying to discover who I was, you know, and I started questioning, you know, are these people right? Should I stop dressing this way? Should I stop being this way? It doesn't even have to do with the clothes. It's just my mentality, mm -hmm. you know, and then there was the other side of me saying, you know, no, stick to it because that's who you are. You know, it shouldn't matter just because it's, you know, huge television show. You shouldn't change who you are. So, but overall, yeah, it was definitely a positive experience and I couldn't be happier with uh, how things turned out. Plus I got, to, I'm going to say this every time they ask me, but I got to meet Dee Snyder. So I thought that was awesome. <laughs> well, it's also the, you know, I always talk about the difference between who you are and what you are. Like I wouldn't consider it the way you dress or look or anything to be who yeah. you are. It's just, it's more of what you are, I guess, like what people look at you to, you know, as an image. But, you know, who you are inside, that nothing, nothing, none of that matters. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. but the fact that people would be telling you that the, the way that you're wanting to re represent yourself in the, on the external is wrong, you know, yeah. I, I can kind of agree with you. The immediate kind of thought is to say, no, fuck you. I'm now I'm not going to, you know, maybe I was thinking about not dressing this way, but now I'm definitely going to dress this way just because <laughs> yeah. you told me not to. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's the rebel in you, right? I think I still have that mentality because yeah. like, I do too. <laughs> I, yeah, I really do because I, I jokingly told my dad, I think it was a year ago, um, that I was going to chop off my hair and dye it blue. And he was very angry, didn't realize I was kidding, and he said, you better not because then no one will recognize you. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> I was like, I could give two shits if people recognize me. That's not why I do this. No. I just, you know. So when he went to work, I, 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 had, I told my mom, I was like, will you help me? And she was like, sure. So we chopped off my hair, went to the store, bought all the bleach and the hair dye. When he got home, my hair was blue and all chopped off. But you weren't going to do it in the first place. No, I was just kidding. <laughs> but because, because he said, said don't do it, yeah. I did it. Like, I, I totally agree, man. I mean, I totally relate to that. I don't know what it is. I'm sure it's some sort of childhood trauma or something we experienced, but yeah. it's just that idea you know if you don't want me to do something don't tell me not to do it <laughs> yeah I, I think i've always been that way since a kid like yeah, when my like, mom would say don't watch that movie because it's really violent and you know really scary of course and you're was, gonna watch it <laughs> yeah i was like what makes it so scary now i'm dying to see it yeah, and then yeah, i can yeah. see it have nightmares of course so since you've been on america's got talent you've put out um you put out some music you've mm -hmm. released your first record yeah. And uh, you're currently working on a new album? Dark yes. Tales? Yeah, it's called Dark Tales. Want to, want to tell us a little bit about that? Well, the first one was an independent record. And that one was, um, um, like I said, since I, w I, st I think I was still a little bit fresh off the show, and the message was still, you know, the whole inspirational be yourself kind of thing. And uh, that's what I wanted to write about. So most of the music on the first album. Uh, is about that, you know, and um, but then after that one was put out, I really, really wanted to write about um, my experiences before the show and after, and how 
how I've handled them differently. You know, the same types of situations, but how who I've become has uh, made me react in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I wanted. I I started thinking. Because uh, well, I I think uh, really theatrically because I was a theater kid and I watched I'm obsessed with movies, nice. so I started thinking how could I tell them in a way that is not super cliche, and I, I started thinking of using horror uh, stories as uh, metaphors almost. So like um, I'd sing a song about vampires, but what I really mean is you know it's a song about me being emotionally drained. You know what I mean? Uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I was really, at the time, the first album was very poppy, and this time around I was very inspired by uh, lots of uh, dark, not not necessarily like power metal, but like dark hard rock, but um, that touched on different subjects like sexuality and individuality and, and things like that and why people look at things as a taboo. It's pretty much just an album of me questioning everything and, and not making statements necessarily, but but still um, trying to discover where I am right now. So I called it Dark Tales, and it, they're just tales of, of dark experiences, you know. Yeah, that's really cool, actually. And, uh, you know, could you cite any of the actual specific influences that influenced your first album versus your, your latest album? Like musical influence? Yeah. Oh, man. Don't laugh at me. With the first I can't one, promise I, anything. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. In <laughs> now I'm going to laugh. I can't wait. We just went through this. <laughs> okay. With the first album, I was listening to a lot of um, Cranberries. Oh, awesome band, man. But I was also listening to, this explains the pop. I was listening to a lot of Lady Gaga. Yeah, nothing to laugh at there. Well, I mean, yeah. She's well, a good songwriter. Specifically the album Born This Way. Yeah. Because it was so good and... You know, that's all we did was in, we would hang out in the studio, have a few beers, and blast that album. And we'd just be like, man, imagine if we could do a song like that and that and that. So I won't say we ripped off Born This Way, because we didn't. But we were definitely inspired by it to right, create right. something, you know, with a message. And because uh, uh, it sounds nothing like Born This Way. But uh, this new one, I was listening to a lot of Deftones. Nice. And um, great band. The, yeah, The Cure. I was listening to a lot of Pink listening to The Cure, man. Yeah, Pink Floyd uh, was a huge part also. And uh, uh, Marilyn Manson album, a very specific one called Eat Me, Drink Me, which was his okay. most personal album. Oh, yeah. And uh, so we were, I was, uh, you know, I won't say depressing music, but, you know, stuff like that. I'm a huge Manson fan myself, right back yeah. from the anti-superstar days. I did not know this. Oh, yeah. I, knew, I knew you used to listen to, to Marilyn Manson. I didn't oh, know you were so... Yeah. Like, I, I listened to Marilyn Manson up until, what album was it he released? The one that had Obscene on it. That was probably the last album that I listened to. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, the Mobscene. Golden Age of Grotesque. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah, that's probably the last one that I bought. Um, I got into him with uh, well he had put out an EP Smells Like Children <laughs> terrible title <laughs> that was just kind of that was, that was really just about I think you know getting his image out there as a you know it worked Shocker. well but uh, yeah no I think Antichrist Superstar has such a great album I mean Animals to animals ridiculous you know um, after Eat Me Drink Me I kind of slowly lost interest um, just I think the quality of the material just kind of diminished really I think right. him as a person as an artist is really interesting you know I, I just I, as an overall human being is really interesting but anyway uh, are you ready for 20 questions okay 
Yes. <laughs> Hit our light. No one's sure how to answer that question. And here we go. Coffee or tea? Tea. Meat or veggies? Meat. CD or vinyl? Vinyl. Summer or winter? Winter. Pizza or potatoes? Pizza. Twitter or Facebook? Twitter. Melody or rhythm? Melody. Opera or metal? Ooh, metal. Indie or major? Indie. Rain or shine? Rain. Sharon or Ozzy Osbourne? Ozzy. <gasps> Yoga or yogurt? Yogurt. Celine Dion or Marilyn Manson? Marilyn Manson. Cats or rats? Cats. Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? Michael Bolton. Oh, yes! We got another one. <laughs> Twerk or work? Work. Ricky Gervais or Ricky Martin? Ricky Gervais. Whale or Kale? Whale. <laughs> Bette Midler or the Riddler? Bette Midler. Ross or Marcio? Marcia. Uh, <laughs> in your face, Ross. See you guys. I'm away. <laughs> oh, don't be such a baby. <laughs> um, we already asked you what influenced your albums, but do you have any music recommendations for uh, our listeners right now? What should they be listening to right now? Besides your music. <laughs> what should they be listening to? Hmm. I just had a mental queef. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, I'm I'm one of those people. I don't li- I don't try to listen to anything new. Um, so I'm usually listening to the same thing. I and I love movie soundtracks. Like Rocky Horror is my favorite. You know what? I have been listening to a lot of Evanescence lately. Nice. And uh, the Kidney Thieves. I don't know if people know who oh, they yeah. are. Oh yeah. Yep. Static X. Slayer. Do it. Classic. <laughs> so where can people find you online? Um, they can find me on Twitter, Andrew Leo De Leon. You know, I don't use Facebook much, but you can find me on Facebook as well. Uh, and your website? You, my current website is andrewleodeleon.com. Okay. And uh, you can also find uh, music and stuff on uh, YouTube. Just Google YouTube my name, and I will pop up. And uh, there are songs on there that weren't released on iTunes. I don't know why. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm probably the classiest one you've had on this show. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, in all serious, brother, this has been great. Thanks for coming on the show. We'd love to have you back. Uh, we'll need to class it up every now and then. So <laughs> we'll to make sure to bring it back. It was definitely a lot of fun. It's a lot more fun than other interviews, you know. Cool. Oh, that's good. That's kind of what we're aiming for. That's, that's the aim of the show, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't even think this was an interview. I think we no. were just talking. <laughs> good. I'm glad you said no. In all seriousness, that's like, I know you're laughing, Ross. That's our goal, you know. This kind of conversation and stuff comes out, you know. All right, take care, brother. All right, thank cool. you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next week. That's a f- ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Fun fact, I guess uh, the other ones are pretty obvious, you know, that I love music and uh, I love taking care of my family. Oh, those are all really, those are awesome. And my dogs. You've been singing since you were a child? I mean, technically, but it wasn't like the way I sing now, at least. It was right. just whatever my dad was playing around the house. It was usually like rock or country music. Would you say you were exposed to kind of a very diverse uh, early influence of music? Oh, yeah. It was always like uh, Def Leppard and Pink Floyd. and uh, But he also listened to a lot of like Mexican music along with my mom. So there was lots of... Uh, Styles, And then I was, you know, growing up in the 90s, listening to Britney Spears. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I was definitely exposed to all that. You're pretty much just someone who's saying, in your bedroom, hidden, hidden talent, no one ever heard you until you uh, decided to go on America's Got Talent. Yeah. Two so years went, ago. <laughs> it was two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, but what was that like? Well, I wouldn't even say that it was like, me hiding my talent because I didn't call it a talent I just thought it was something I did for fun and uh, what eventually it started off as just being fun for, for myself and then it became somewhat of a growing passion and uh, it was but it was like really really secret because I thought it even uh, for myself to think it was ridiculous in my mind for a guy to sing that way so <laughs> but uh, I almost didn't go to that audition uh, because about a month before they, they were holding Disney auditions here in uh, Austin. And uh, I don't know what I was thinking. It was for like resorts and, and, and all that shit. So I said, whatever, I'll go. And I went. And as soon as we pulled up, I saw the line of kids. And I looked nothing like any of them. Like they all looked like early Justin Bieber, Hannah Montana shit. <laughs> and then I looked at myself and I was like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. So I didn't even get out of the car and I had my mom drive me and she was like, you're not even going to get out of the car. We drove all this way. And I was like, no, fuck this. And she was like, okay, but you know, anytime there's like another uh, audition or whatever you need to be driven to, I'm not taking you. Hmm. And I was like, fine. Well, a month later on TV, I see, you know, this, the infomercial for, America's Got Talent says, you know, we're in Austin and, you know, if you think you have what it takes, come audition. So I was like, I was really thinking about it. And then I just asked her and she said, no, she wasn't going to take me. <laughs> and she, and then I was like, why? She's like, well, first of all, I don't even know what you're going to do. And <laughs> second of all, I told you the last time that I'm not taking you to any more auditions because you won't even get out of the car because you're such a chicken shit. <laughs> <laughs> And I threw the biggest bitch fit. Like we got home and I like went, it was like typical angry teenager stuff. I went to my room, slammed the door and my dad walked in and was like, 
you know, why are you slamming doors? What's wrong? And I told him and he was just like, oh, well, I'll take you. And I was like, (laughs) I go, okay. And that was it. I won. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I was so scared before I went, like I was texting all my friends and they were like, well, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm singing. And they were like, well, what are you singing? And I said, that's the, that's the problem. I I don't really want to say because if I told people what I was going to do, I feel like they were already going to start judging. And then I would have started doubting myself even more. And then I wouldn't have gone in the first place, you know? Hmm. Uh, So I just kept it a secret and uh, people don't really believe me when I say that uh, nobody knew about it. You know what, though? I like that you say that because I can relate to that. I find that, you know, as an artist, I mean, we're very sensitive, (laughs) to be honest. Yeah. So I often do try to keep um, what I'm like, say, if I'm working on something new and it's very fresh, I do keep that away from people usually because we're easy to doubt ourselves, I think. And I mean, why not just kind of protect yourself from that? Keep yourself away from it a little bit to keep yourself in a positive, you know, state so that like you said you can do what you're doing without having anyone else's negativity go into your mind and kind of mess with that you know initial feeling of i'm just gonna go for it you know what i mean right so that's really cool yeah because it's something that it's something that actually it's what you do as an artist you know it means everything to you and it's actually very easy to to uh hurt an artist's feelings by saying you know that something that they created is shit or whatever they're doing you know what i mean it's something that i do take to heart Mm -hmm. um and uh, so, yeah, that's why I didn't tell anyone uh, because I had been doing it for years in my bedroom or just at, around the house when everybody was gone because I didn't have a job. I, you know, uh, I wasn't going to school and my brother and sister were and my parents had jobs, obviously. So I was at home a lot by myself. So that's really all I did was just sing every day. I'm pretty sure I probably annoyed the, the neighbors. So the neighbors probably knew you sang. They probably but no one else did. knew. Well, you know, they probably thought I was watching the same movie every day. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's probably what it was. But uh, So what was yeah. it like when you initially went to audition and then everything that led up to actually being on the show? Yeah, right. There's, um, well, actually, that has a lot to do with why people don't believe that it was the first time. There's, people don't uh, understand that there is such thing as a producer's audition. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you do go to an audition, but it's very private. And uh, from there, they decide if they want you to go on the show. But of course, it's not like I'm going to go up and say, you know, uh, I've never sung in front of anyone minus the producer of this show. It's, yeah, they of don't, course. That was one thing. And then it's actually really interesting seeing like comments on these videos. I don't read them much because people can be really brutal online. Um, but I've YouTube's read some the of them. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And, you know, it's just it's. You know, he's an actor. He doesn't really dress that way, and he's lying. And they probably <laughs> hired him to make the show better. Oh, you know, and it's and it's crazy when you see stuff like that because I actually think I used to have that mentality when I would watch mm-hmm. these shows. And then I was, then I thought I was the only one that was not lying for a while, and I was like, wait a minute, now I get it. You know, this is <laughs> when it's actually true. And sometimes it seems too good to be true, but it actually mm-hmm. is true. You know. It must be a really weird kind of process, especially if you've not done anything like remotely on that scale before, like just kind of being thrown in and then all of a sudden people know who you are and you've, you've just done this big thing and it must be, is it, was it, was it difficult to like adjust when people started to know who you were? Like what was the, what was that like? Well, I remember after I auditioned in front of the judges and, um, you know, they took me backstage and, and explained everything to me. And then, you know, 
it was all over and I walked out of the building and there were several people out there wanting pictures. And that had never happened to me before. And of course I was more than happy to. But, you know, I kind of thought, oh, okay, I can, you know, I can work with this. It wasn't until I got to Vegas, not Vegas, it was uh, New York, <clears throat> where it became a little bit overwhelming. And, and I had to question myself if I was ready for it because I had just performed that night on the wild card episode. And uh, exiting the building, there were, I think, hundreds of people standing outside the building. They weren't allowed in. <clears throat> but the doors were all glass, so they could see me coming, and they started screaming. And I didn't know what to do. I was so scared. So I just went outside, and I think I stood there for about an hour or two just signing <laughs> shit and taking <laughs> That's pictures. That's awesome, though. Yeah, and I was I was more than happy to do it. You know, I was, uh, I was really, uh, I appreciate that kind of stuff, you know? Of course. And I walked to my hotel, which was right next door, and went up to my room, and for some reason it was like, you ever heard of, like, vampirism? Where, like, where, like, your energy is, like, drained from you. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Like, I got to my room, and I felt physically drained. And it wasn't from the performance at all. It was from meeting, you know, fans. Right. Well, I, uh, I know people that have, that have had a similar kind of experience like when they've played a gig and, and it'll be every night on the tour, they maybe spend 45 minutes or so at the merch table signing stuff and meeting their fans. And, yeah, afterwards, they're just completely drained. It's like there's all that adrenaline from playing the show mm-hmm. and that kind of fuels them and then as soon as it's done like you can see it in their face it just they're done like for the yeah. whole day like that's it they're and done you're giving so much of yourself right and right. you know it, there's a there is a value in that it's amazing but you know you also I think that just needs to be balanced out with I guess me time <laughs> you know just that right. little bit of time just kind of bring yourself to a um, like for me I, 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 I do yoga you know what I mean what did you do to bring yourself to uh, to ground yourself? Well, as bad as it probably will sound, uh, when it comes to stuff like that, the last thing I want to do is listen to music because I'm so involved, you know. That, uh, but that time there was actually a little bit of depression in there also uh, because I didn't know where I, where I was like, you know, is this going to take off or is this is this going to be something that just lasts a little while and then mm-hmm. it's gone and no one gives a shit who you are. Um, but if it does take off, you know, is this every day? Is that what it's going to be? And so I, I think I just went to bed. (laughs) (laughs) I just went to bed and I'm one of those people that likes to like fill voids with uh, food. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I eat a lot more than people think I do. Uh, so that's pretty much what I did in the morning. The next day I didn't have to do anything. So I just went down to the lobby and bought a whole bunch of junk food and went upstairs, uh, stuffed my face. But that's another thing that was actually, um, that got to me a bit was the next day I didn't have to do anything until the night. And it was after that performance, it was like, okay, now that that performance is over, it's on to the next one. We have to start planning it, you know? So there's really no time to rest. I just had one day, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's weird that, because obviously with the way the shows are edited, as viewers, we probably don't think of it in that way. We don't realize like what the schedule's like, and and like it, I always hear people, you know, talking about these kind of shows and say, oh, it's a, it's like the easy route or, or whatever. And it's I don't think it is. Like it's I think it's a lot more work than people realize. Uh-huh. So you can probably. You I'm going to be honest say to say I, I'm like I'm someone who thinks that you know what I mean. I, I'm I'm on the show right here. I'm going to tell you like I'm someone who thinks like it's the easy route, or I've thought that way. I mean you know and 
I mean, I, I guess the way I'm looking at it is it's just a different route, and there's no yeah. really right route. I mean, any way you can get yourself out there, you know, and get some recognition for something that you're doing, it's silly not to, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, I'm not saying it's right for everybody. It's very true, because I've seen this show before, and, and you think they go audition, and if they make it, you know, it's, it's all done, you know, and then you're famous and it doesn't work that way. And it's what sucks about it. It's they're herding cattle. In other words, you know, they start with all these talents and they're all, you know, being shot off one by one, you know, until it's down to the favorites. And if you're one of the favorites, you get more attention from, Mm -hmm. from the crew. Mm -hmm. So I was one of those that got way more attention. And I hate attention. So, you know, when it's like constantly calling me and telling me, okay, you need to be here for this meeting and then you need to go here for rehearsals and then stage direction at this time. And then, then you get like a 30 minute lunch break and then you got to come back for this and this and this. It's like, fuck my life, you know? So, um, (laughs) but I couldn't complain because, you know, I, I think I knew what I was getting myself into. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, a lot of people think that it's the easy way. And um, I guess for some people it kind of is because, you know, mm. if you're uh, usually, even if you don't win uh, these competitions, you're still offered some type of deal. And um, it didn't work that way with me. I think after the show was over, I was pretty much disposable and they didn't really want to use me anymore or, or uh, you know, help me sign to something or some you know, anything. Mm-hmm. So after that, I... I was knocked back down still had fans though that were very supportive Mm -hmm. and i had to uh, make a name for myself on my own by booking my own gigs and uh, traveling on my own to promote myself pretty much and uh, it took a while it didn't happen overnight it wasn't like oh you're on the show and then bam you have all this money so for you it was almost like a jump start it felt like it jump started you you know it got you some recognition and like right. you said, you know, they're good cattle and, you know, then the show's done and you're disposed of. But at the same time, there, there seems to be people who really got what you were doing that stuck yeah. by you. Totally, you know, yeah. really helped yeah. give a jump start, which is really cool. Yeah, they're really and, great. And it probably would have been more difficult for you to, to find those people. You know, if you were doing everything by yourself, you didn't have um, America's Got Talent as a platform to kind of get into these people's... TV screens and or, mm. or YouTube or however they they saw you, it gave you a really good platform to to meet these people and to you know connect with with them right. new right. fans. Totally, yeah, and they're really great. And then there's you know there's the ones that uh, didn't stick around for the long run because they were the ones who really got me and mm-hmm. said, you know, this taught them a valuable lesson, I suppose, of you know don't judge people by based on their looks and you know and then it doesn't really matter what we all look like. Um, we have the right to be individuals and doesn't mean we can't be friends kind of thing. But then there are the other people that claim to love me and be my fans, but they just wish I would dress differently, you know? And it's interesting. Yeah. It doesn't sound like much support to me, you know what I mean? Mm. They're like, Oh, he's so great. And he's so talented. If only he got rid of the ridiculous contact lenses. It's like, I don't even know you. Why am I going to take my shit off? you like thank you yes exactly i think the appeal is that you don't look like the typical opera singer you know what i mean i think that to talk about visual i think that's i think that's one of the the reasons that you were a favorite on the show that you were different it gives people you know a feeling like you know you don't have to 
you know, you don't need, need to look just like everybody else to be on a show like that or to get, you know, fans and to, to grow a following. You know, I think that was part of the appeal. So, I mean, you know, I think there's always going to be people that want to change you, especially in the music industry. You know? Yeah, well, I would think that people would be over it by now. And then there was a point where I started getting really angry because I was still working on, on you know, uh, music and traveling and performing. And for some reason, I thought at that point people would just be over the way I looked and they would just listen to the music but they weren't and I started lashing back at people you know and they were they were upset because I pretty much said you know if you don't like it then fuck off you know (laughs) and you know then they were all offended and like uh you know you're not supposed to talk like that you know you have fans and you're gonna upset lots of people and I was like no my fans know how I talk trust me you know and uh and if Again, you don't that's like, part of the appeal of, that you're being yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's like I'm not going to kiss your ass because no. I was on America's Got Talent. Like that, they portrayed me, or that's that's the person I was at the time. I was very shy. I didn't speak my mind, and um, I just pretty much did whatever anyone told me to do. And, and now that I've seen the world, and, or lots of it, and met a lot of people. I've grown through my experience and, and, uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm a mean person. I'm not, I could be probably one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, but you know, if, if, if it's something so ignorant as the way I look is bothering you, then yeah, I'm going to tell you to fuck yourself. Like, I don't care. No, it's, I think it's, it just seems like you come to your own. You've learned to be assertive. You know what I mean? And I I think it's growing a little bit, you know, and, and also I think, like you said, dealing with that for so long, people not, you know, just focusing on the fact that you look a certain way. You know what I mean? And because you, you want to, <laughs> whatever, yeah. you know, and, and, and especially, I think, especially if they're saying they like what you do, but they hate the way you look. <laughs> yeah. And then they always want to be like, they want to like overanalyze it and say, you know, is he dressing this way to hide his, his, his true self? Uh, that's, you know what I want to ask you though? Um, because, uh, I, I would say out of all the judges that Sharon Osbourne seemed to really get you. And she seemed mm-hmm. to see. She seemed to be really uh, supportive of you. What's it like off the cameras? You know, um, is it just? Do you, one way yeah. Do you really get on? to see them very much? You know, when the cameras are off, or, or is it pretty much you're only with the judges and, and uh, when the cameras are on? You know, I never actually got to meet them, and I never like I've never shaken their hands. I was never the only time that I was close to them was. Oh no, I was close to Sharon. Was when. Um, I first auditioned in Austin and when they pulled me backstage and then I was still back there after the show was over and I just saw her walk past me. She was really short and uh, it caught me off guard, but no, I never got to meet them. So I don't, I honestly don't know what it's like when the cameras are off. Although I have seen Nick Cannon when the cameras are off and he looks tired. (laughs) (laughs) He looks really tired. Cool guy, but I think he's over it. Would you say that, um, after you're off the show, that the momentum slowly slowed down, you know, obviously from the huge crowds, or did was it just a sudden, like, switch to, you know, the, the massive amounts of people that were supporting you, to the true fans, I like to call it, the people who really get you? And how was that switch? How was that transition? And, and how has it been? Well, fresh off the show, I was still writing on the coattails of that fame, you know what I mean? And um, so when I was traveling, I didn't really know how to cope with it, to be honest. And I'm so what I would do was uh, drink a lot of whiskey. So that's what I would do. Not anymore. Right. 
but at the time I was like, I don't know how to deal with this. And, you know, so I just said, if I get drunk and then I'll get dressed and then go do a performance, you know what I mean? Cause then I won't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that's not the case, which is good. But, okay. um, some people were still there and they said, you know, it, like I was saying, you know, that they can't wait for me to get rid of this look and to go on to something else. And that, I think that's what they were hoping. I think actually that's what they wanted was a before and after type of thing. Like this was what he used to be, but now he has confidence and he will no longer dress this way and he will be better. And I gave my middle finger to that idea. And I was like, you know, why would I want to do that? Like I, I, you know, the whole message was that I, was, you know, uh, harassed because of the way I looked. And, uh, you know, this is just the way I look. And um, I think at some point last year, early last year, was when it it was a, a very quick switch. And uh, the real fans were there. And then the ones that just were not having it anymore, <laughs> they left, you know. So now I know who my real fans are. And they're really, really great. And a lot of them come to every show that I do. And um, they've, they every single day, keep track of what I'm doing so that they can have whatever next song is out or whatever it is that I'm doing. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's really great. That's that's all that really matters. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so much more important to have, um, I don't want to say a smaller, I'm just saying relatively smaller group of fans that are really, really get what you're doing and are really supportive of you rather than a large, large amount. Yeah, just don't quality, quality, quality over quantity. quantity. Thanks, for, uh-huh. thanks for simplifying that better. <laughs> you know, no <laughs> going problem. On, but, you know, quality over quantity, <laughs> man. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. You know? Yeah, and they're great, and they and they they come from all different ages. You know, right. they are they are usually thirteen uh, year old kids who feel like outcasts in school, and they want to, they want that drive, you know, to, to to do something better for themselves and prove themselves right. You know that they don't have to dress or listen to the same music that other people listen to just to be normal. Being normal is mm-hmm. boring, anyways. Well, what is normal, um, right? It's all relative, anyway. Yeah, I have no idea what normal even exactly. means. Exactly. Like I, I've said it many times, I didn't know I was weird until someone told me I was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's that's great. So if there's anybody listening right now, you know, what advice would you give to them if they're contemplating whether or not to go on one of these shows and use them, you know, as a platform for themselves? What would you say? I'd say it's never easy. You know what I mean? It's it's uh, it's hard work trying to get where you want to get, and uh, a lot of doors will be slammed in your face. It happened to me lots of times before someone finally lets you in and then gives you a chance to do what you want to do. Um, but I say, go for it. Uh, because you know, as, as cliche as it sounds, you're, you'll never know unless you try, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And even if you do go and it doesn't work out the way that you wanted it to, at least you tried. And that is actually what matters the most is that you tried. Well, for, for you, it seems like you didn't lose anything. If anything, you gained something, you know, First of all, you gained, you know, dedicated fans out of it. But besides that, you gained experience. It seems like you found, you know, learned a lot about yourself through the experience. So, you know, it, it does seem like overall, like, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like it was a positive experience on Absolutely. the whole. Absolutely. Because, you know, it brought a lot of dark side uh, out, a lot of depression. And it was because it, I was still in a, in a place where I was trying to discover who I was. You know, and I started questioning, you know, are these people right? Should I stop dressing this way? Should I stop being this way? It doesn't even have to do with the clothes. It's just my mentality, Mm -hmm. you know. And 
then there was the other side of me saying, you know, no, stick to it because that's who you are. You know, it shouldn't matter just because it's, you know, huge television show. You shouldn't change who you are. So, but overall, yeah, it was definitely a positive experience and I couldn't be happier with uh, how things turned out. Plus I got, to, I'm going to say this every time they ask me, but I got to meet the Snyder. So I thought that was awesome. <laughs> Well, it's also the, you know, I always talk about the difference between who you are and what you are. Like, I wouldn't consider it the way you dress or look or anything to be who yeah. you are. It's just, it's more of what you are, I guess, like what people look at you to, you know, as an image. But, you know, who you are inside, that nothing, nothing none of that matters. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. but the fact that people would be telling you that the, the way that you're wanting to re represent yourself in the, on the external is wrong you know, yeah. I, I can kind of agree with you. The immediate kind of thought is to say, no, fuck you. I'm now I'm not going to, you know, maybe I was thinking about not dressing this way, but now I'm definitely going to dress this way just because you <laughs> yeah. told me not to. Yeah. Right. It's the rebel in you. Right. I think I still have that mentality because yeah. like, I do too. I, yeah, I really do. Because I, I jokingly told my dad, I think it was a year ago, um, that I was going to chop off my hair and dye it blue. And, he was very angry, didn't realize I was kidding, and he said, you better not, because then no one will recognize you. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I could give two shits if people recognize me, that's not why I do this. No. I just, you know. So when he went to work, I, 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 had, I told my mom, I was like, will you help me? And she was like, sure. So we chopped off my hair, went to the store, bought all the bleach and the hair dye, when he got home, my hair was blue and all chopped off. But you weren't going to do it in the first place. No, I was just kidding. <laughs> because because he, said, he said, don't do it, yeah, I did it. Like, I, I totally agree, man. I mean, I totally relate to that. I don't know what it is. I'm sure it's some <laughs> sort of childhood trauma or something we experienced, but yeah. it's just that idea, you know, if you don't want me to do something, don't tell me not to do it. Yeah, I think I've always been that way since a kid. Like yeah, when my mom would say, don't watch that movie because it's really violent and, you know, really scary. Of course was, you're going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what makes it so scary? Now I'm dying to see it. Yeah, and then yeah, I can yeah. see it. Have nightmares, of course. So since you've been on America's Got Talent, you've put out, um, you put out some music. You've released mm -hmm. your first record. Yeah. And uh, you're currently working on a new album. Dark yes. Tales? Yeah, it's called Dark Tales. Want to tell us a little bit about that? Well, the first one was an independent record, and that one was, um, um, like I said, since I, w I, st I think I was still a little bit fresh off the show, and the message was still, you know, the whole inspirational, be yourself kind of thing, and uh, that's what I wanted to write about. So most of the music on the first album uh, is about that, you know, and... Um, but then after that one was put out, I really, really wanted to write about um, my experiences before the show and after and how, how I've handled them differently. You know, the same types of situations, but how who I've become has uh, made me react in a different way. Mm -hmm. So I wanted I, I started thinking. Because uh, well, I I think uh, really theatrically because I was a theater kid and I watch I'm obsessed with movies, nice. so I started thinking how could I tell them in a way that is not super cliche, and I, I started thinking of using horror uh, stories as uh, metaphors almost. So like uh, I'd sing a song about vampires, but what I really mean is you know it's a song about me being emotionally drained. You know what I mean? Uh, things like that. Mm -hmm. And um, I was really at the time, the first album was very poppy 
And this time around, I was very inspired by uh, lots of uh, dark, not not necessarily like power metal, but like dark hard rock. But um, that touched on different subjects like sexuality and individuality and, and things like that and why people look at things as a taboo. It's pretty much just an album of me questioning everything and, and not making statements necessarily, but, but still um, trying to discover where I am right now. So I called it Dark Tales and if they're just tales of, of dark experiences, you know? Yeah, that's really cool actually. And, uh, you know, could you cite any of the actual specific influences that influenced your first album versus your, your latest album? Like musical influence? Yeah. Oh man. Don't laugh at me. With the first I one can't I promise did. anything. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting. In now I'm gonna laugh. I can't wait. We just went through this. <laughs> okay. With the first album, I was listening to a lot of um, cranberries. Oh, awesome band, man! But I was also listening to this explains the pop. I was listening to a lot of Lady Gaga. Yeah, nothing to laugh at there. Well, I mean, yeah, she's well, a good songwriter. Specifically, the album "Born This Way." Yeah, because it was so good and. You know, that's all we did was in, we would hang out in the studio, have a few beers and blast that album. And we'd just be like, man, imagine if we could do a song like that and then that, that. So I won't say we ripped off Born This Way because we didn't. But we were definitely inspired by it to right, create something, you know, with a message. And because uh, uh, it sounds nothing like Born This Way. But uh, this new one, I was listening to a lot of Deftones. Nice. And um, great band. The, yeah, The Cure. I was listening to a lot of Pink Listening to The Cure, man. Yeah, Pink Floyd uh, was a huge part also. And uh, uh, Marilyn Manson album, a very specific one called Eat Me, Drink Me, which was his okay. most personal album. Oh, yeah. And uh, so we were, I was, uh, you know, I won't say depressing music, but, you know, stuff like that. I'm a huge Manson fan myself, right back yeah. from the Antichrist Superstar days. I did not know this. Oh, yeah. well, I, knew, I knew you used to listen to, to Marilyn Manson. I didn't oh, know you were so. Yeah. Like, I, I listened to Marilyn Manson up until, what album was it he released? The one that had Obscene on it. That was probably the last album that I listened to. Uh, Mobscene. Yeah. Oh, sorry, the Mobscene. Golden Age of Your Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's probably the last one that I bought. Um, I got into him with uh, well, he had put out an EP. Smells like children. <laughs> Terrible title. <laughs> that was just kind of that was that was really just about I think you know getting his image out there as a you know and it worked well. But uh, yeah, no, I think Antichrist Superstar has such a great album. I mean, Animals listen to ridiculous. You know, um, after Eat Me Drink Me, I kind of slowly lost interest. Um, just I think the quality of the material just kind of diminished really i think right. him as a person as an artist is really interesting you know i, I just I, as an overall human being is really interesting but anyway uh are you ready for 20 questions okay yes <laughs> Hit our no one's sure how to answer that question and here we go coffee or tea tea meat or veggies meat cd or vinyl vinyl summer or winter winter pizza or potatoes Pizza. Twitter or Facebook? Twitter. Melody or rhythm? Melody. Opera or metal? Ooh, metal. Indie or major? Indie. Rain or shine? Rain. Sharon or Ozzy Osbourne? Ozzy. <gasps> Yoga or yogurt? Yogurt. Celine Dion or Marilyn Manson? Marilyn Manson. Cats or rats? Cats. Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? <laughs> Michael Bolton. Oh, yes! We got Another Michael one. Bolton. Twerk or work? 
work. Ricky Gervais or Ricky Martin? Ricky Gervais. Whale or Kale? Whale. (laughs) Bette Midler or The Riddler? Bette Midler. Ross or Marcio? Marcio. (laughs) In your face, Ross. See you guys. I'm away. Oh, don't be such a baby. Um, We already asked you what influenced your albums, but do you have any music recommendations for uh, our listeners right now? What should they be listening to right now, besides your music? (laughs) What should they be listening to? Hmm. I just had a mental queef. Um, (laughs) Um... I don't know. You know, I'm I'm one of those people. I don't li- I don't try to listen to anything new. Um, so I'm usually listening to the same thing. I and I love movie soundtracks. Like Rocky Horror is my favorite. You know what? I have been listening to a lot of Evanescence lately. Nice. And uh, the Kidney Thieves. I don't know if people know who oh, they yeah. are. Oh yeah. Yep. Static X. Slayer. Do it. Classic. <laughs> so where can people find you online? Um, they can find me on Twitter, Andrew Leo De Leon. You know, I don't use Facebook much, but you can find me on Facebook as well. Uh, and your website? You can, my current website is andrewleodeleon.com. Okay. And uh, you can also find uh, music and stuff on uh, YouTube. Just Google YouTube my name, and I will pop up. And uh, there are songs on there that weren't released on iTunes. I don't know why. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm probably the classiest one you've had on this show. Um, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, in all serious, brother, this has been great. Thanks for coming on the show. We'd love to have you back. Uh, we'll need to class it up every now and then. So <laughs> to make sure to bring it back. Uh, it was definitely a lot of fun. It's a lot more fun than other interviews, you know. Well, oh, that's good. That's kind of what we're aiming for. That's the, that's the aim of the show, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't even think this was an interview. I think we no. were just talking. <laughs> good. I'm glad you said no. In all seriousness, that's like, I know you're laughing about so That's our goal, you know. This kind of conversation and stuff comes out, you know. All right. Take care, brother. All right. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>